0: I am so honored today because I have Monique with me. Monique is a health coach, rapid transformational therapist, so hypnotherapy, and a disability support worker. Monique is on a mission to learn everything she can on how she can help people heal from chronic health conditions with particular interest in the mind-body connection and how that all plays out in our physical health. I am so happy to have you here today, Monique. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I mean, you were speaking my language, and when I was introducing you, this mind-body connection is what I'm all about as well. But I would love for you to dive into your entrepreneurial journey. What got you here today, and then we can go a little bit deeper.
1: <laughs> wow, well, it's a definitely a roller coaster.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really, my, you don't
1: say. <laughs> definitely a roller coaster. Um, I got into this. Uh, because my keen interest in the mind-body connection and chronic health is because I got really unwell in my early 20s and I just didn't really, there was no answers, no one was really helping me and I just really noticed a massive gap in people who are dealing with invisible illnesses and how Western medicine would treat them and I thought to myself that something needs to be done. Like these people need support, they need understanding and they're not getting it from my own personal experience. Um, and then also with my health, like because it was so, there was so much going on working for other people and being able to uh, stick to like what they needed me to do for work hours and stuff. It was really quite unfeasible for me at times. Like I had to take like 12 months off work at one point. So I built my, I got into entrepreneurship one because the job I wanted didn't really exist. (laughs) So, you know, and no one was really hiring for what I wanted to do. So was like, okay, I'll do it myself. Um, And then I just like, Uh, loved it and you know really enjoy what I do and and just so passionate about it and yeah so that's why I became an entrepreneur.
0: Well I love that and I know you've had a lot of health conditions as well and how has Mm -hmm. that played a part in your entrepreneurial journey of just like obviously what you want to do wasn't really there Mm -hmm. and you created something for yourself but what was really that drive of like going through what you did to really help others?
1: Mm. well I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my health condition so I love like I'm you know it's the cliche of like I'm so grateful for how hard it was I'm so grateful for what happened because of the person I've become um but you know like it's I think like I was saying you know like when I work with people or come across people that are struggling with their health especially these invisible illnesses or the ones that are you know psychosomatic or what they're told is psychosomatic um And all the doctors are very much, it's all in your head. It's a very, very common phrase. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, these people get dismissed and then they're basically told, which is what I was told, is it's your fault, you're sick. You're not trying hard enough to get better. When it turned out I had a genetic disorder that was affecting my heart and my muscles and that took three years to get that diagnosis and that was three years of torture, of being dismissed, of being told like basically doctors wouldn't even look at me in the office. I was in their office, I was crying my eyes out, you know saying something's wrong I need help and they were basically just like oh you're really emotional <laughs> you know and you know best like oh you have severe anxiety and depression and I'd be like no I don't I'm very sick like I need help um mm-hmm. so you know just going through that experience and you know the the really like it was really like a trauma within itself i just really put a fire in my belly and i actually named my business ardor because ardor means that fire burning in your belly that really strong passion for something and that's what going through that experience gave me in the sense that not only did it give me that for helping people but just that gave me that for life and for health you know i just learned how important health was how important lifestyle factors were i just came from a lifestyle medicine conference on the weekend and like just the evidence that's out there how much our lifestyle our healthy habits contribute to our health conditions is just so powerful and what I also learned through my own experience because it took me three years to get a diagnosis a proper diagnosis I was diagnosed with a condition called functional movement disorder or it's also known as functional logical disorder it used to be known or it can be known as conversion disorder as well um that was my diagnosis for like three years. So I wasn't getting help from people. I was, I was again. I was being told it's your fault. You're sick. You're not trying hard enough to get better. And so I went on the alternative path and I learned, you know, about, um, you know, exercise and nutrition, gut health, all of those things. And I also went down the spiritual path and learned about meditation and things like Reiki and all that sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that helped me. That's the stuff that gave me answers. That's the stuff that made a massive difference to how I was feeling and actually got me on the path to healing. So by the time I got the diagnosis of the genetic disorder, I'd already come so far. Like I'd really quite overcome a lot of my health complications. There were still a few things that I couldn't, and that was because it wasn't psychosomatic and something else going on. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd come so far and that was like, and I was like, people need to hear this, people need to know this, people need to be taught that they have so much power within working on their own health conditions. They have so much within themselves that they can do. And I come across people with these conditions. And, you know, some people will hear it and some people won't. Some people will get very stuck in their conditions and very much like, I suffer. I can do, this is me forever. And, you know, they're, they're probably not my people because they're not going to want to hear what I have to say. But you know, some people really want to make a difference. I'm sure they do as well, but, you know, they're not ready for it. Um, but just the fact that we have so much power over what's going on with ourselves, dealing with our emotions, dealing with our lifestyle factors, dealing with our healthy habits, they're all going to make a massive difference to your symptoms and to what's going on. I never want to tell people they can eliminate what's going on for them, but, you know, what they're dealing with and the symptoms that they're dealing with they can 100 in my opinion they can make a difference too um and that's really my message and I want to teach people that there's so much power within you and you know and like I said going through all of that really like with the because my condition can be very up and down and so you know some weeks I'll be perfectly normal and function like everyone else and other week's like this morning when I got out of bed my legs were like oh we're going to hit the floor so you know like you know, some weeks are great and some weeks aren't. And so for me, going down the path of being an entrepreneur allows me that freedom to work with my body and allows me that freedom to go through the ups and downs of the health condition. So it's well as ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. you know, My own business and, you know, being my own boss allows me the freedom to work with clients on all the aspects that I love. You know, at the conference I was on at the weekend, quite a lot of them are quite afraid of, you know, going outside of their scope of practice or you know and these are like doctors psychologists all sorts of different people um and you know there's so many regulations but when I work for myself if I have an interest in something I can go and study it and I can go and do a course on it and learn more about it and I have that freedom to just follow my curiosity and my interest to do what I want and I, I, that's my favorite part I think you know sometimes I really do consider quitting and going and working for someone else because there's so much less stress and Sometimes I'm like, oh, it'd be so much easier if I just have a boss. Um, right. <laughs> but then I think, and then I think, no, they'll tell me what I can and can't do and you know, that I won't be able to be like, because, you know, I'm not just like a hypnotherapist and a coach. I'm also a Reiki practitioner. i also, like, you know, done so many different things in my disability work. Like, I have the freedom to work with those clients in the way that I want rather than the way that a boss would tell me what I'm allowed and not allowed to do. Obviously, keeping inside my scope of practice, of course. Um, but, like, yeah, I love that you know, that ability to just follow your curiosity and your interest and build the the job that you want, not the job that people are hiring for. Like, it's just a really, it's really fun, exhausting and stressful, but really fun.
0: (laughs) Really stressful, but you know, it's worth it, but I (laughs) want to go back to what you said about three years of going through the excruciating pain that you were going through and told that it's in your head or it's this or it's that. Mm. But I think that's so important to bring up that it goes back to like trusting our bodies. Like our bodies know when something's wrong and maybe sometimes it might be something mentally, but half the time, Or, I mean, I don't know the analytics of that or statistics, but a lot of times it is something that's physically Mm -hmm. wrong. And I mean, I used to, when I was a therapist, tell my clients, like, make sure you get something like if they were experiencing anything that was physical, I would always say, get medically Mm examined to make sure to rule out anything because you have to be open. If it's something psychological, okay, we'll, we'll work through that. But really knowing from a holistic point of view it's not just one way. And a lot of times it's almost like gaslighting in a way of what is really happening for somebody. And I've heard this so many times from so many different walks of life that have struggled with something health related. And it's really unfortunate. There's amazing doctors out there that do take the holistic approach and are really like, okay, let's figure it out. And then there's some that aren't and that's really um, saddening because there are people that are struggling and I'm so glad that you didn't give up and you were like, okay, what can I bring in? How can I do this? And you did it for yourself and being able to expose yourself to different opportunities that could have really helped you. And I love that you brought Reiki and other factors to really like heal from the inside out. And I think a lot of times it's just, I love echoing, what you're saying, because I think it's important not to give up, especially three years, of how much that must have really impacted you. And you're still dealing with the health issues, but your approach is different. And knowing yeah. that you you're in your own corner, you're like cheering yourself on. And that's how I view it of like, okay, well, yeah. this isn't in my head. This is real. <laughs> this is really yeah. happening. Um, but I think it's important for others to know too, to speak up and really listen to yourselves. But in going kind of through that journey and really being able to help others, advocating for them and supporting them, your clients, and also realizing, yes, you could go back to a, a job and there's nothing wrong with having a job at, because it would be a lot less stressful. Like you said,
1: <laughs> <Less stress. laughs>
0: not everything's on us. <laughs> Thank God for some people, you know, you have teams or people that like help support yeah. you or people in your circle, but realizing too, it's not the trade-off of like okay well you get weekends off or whatever it is but really knowing what works and having that flexibility especially because you are dealing with other factors as well it's not just Mm -hmm. you're perfectly fine there's days that you don't feel your best and I mean that's like everyone Mm -hmm. we have bad days we have good days nobody's perfect so What has been some of the roadblocks that you've experienced while building your business?
1: You know, if I'm perfectly honest, I've had my business for like, I think since in 2017, 2018 was when I like registered the business bank. Mm-hmm. And it went nowhere, like nowhere for like three or four years. It went nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I tried so many times and I tried so hard and I used to get really upset because you know, because like my whole reason for building the business was to help people going through what I went through. And I just felt like, you know, I was kind of being guided to do that. So I was being like, I just had this sense of like this. is I went through this and I experienced this terrible time Mm -hmm. so that I can help others. And then when my business would go nowhere, I'd get so upset and there was a lot of tears. There was so many tears throughout this journey because I'd be like, what was the point? Why did I go through all of that pain? Why did I have to experience that? And then for it to not lead to anything. And it was just so heartbreaking. I remember even like, um, I think it was like November um, 2020 because I I tried to build my business, but I wasn't really like committed to it. And there was other things I wanted to do. I really wanted to travel and I didn't want to commit to that whole long-term of building a business. And um, so I'd always go and get other jobs. While on the side, I'd always be working like on other things or just my learning. And then... I ended up moving to the UK and when I was over in the UK, my passion, for my business really came back and it was just really, really strong. Um, and then I moved home because of COVID, so I came home um, March 2020. And then, so I was like, okay, well, it's not hiring season because everyone was losing their jobs. I'm not going to find a job anywhere. I've got a bit of leeway. I can stay at, at mum and dad's because um, I obviously had nowhere to live because <laughs> Was living in Australia anymore, so I came back, stayed at mum and dad's. I thought, all right, well, why not? Why not try and build the business again? The passion's there, the drive's there. Let's give it a go. And it still was. That was March 2020, November 2020. I was sitting. I moved into a unit by myself by then. I was sitting on my laundry floor. I was like, my heart felt like it was breaking, because my business was still going nowhere. And I, again, I was just like, what? Like, And I was just feeling all the pain of everything I experienced because it wasn't only illness that I went through. There was trauma. There was repressed trauma coming up. There was, I had, a, you know, had a lot of mental health things going that I went through as well. And then I was just really feeling the pain of all of that and what was the point? Why did I go through all of that? Why is my business not working? Why? Because I've become very spiritual by then. I was like, why is the universe not backing me on this? Why is the universe not helping me? Where's like, you know, where's the guidance? and? And I had to go and get another job as a lifeguard and a swim teacher, which, you know, were great jobs, but I didn't want to. I wasn't, I was like, you know, I didn't even go for the Centrelink payments that were coming out during COVID because I was like, no, I want that fire in my belly. I don't want to be getting money. I want to be able, you know, to have a reason to keep pushing. And then... And then uh, it wasn't until I started, I had a family friend who was on disability from in Australia. Australia is a really thing called NDIS, the so National Disability Insurance Scheme. People with disabilities, they get a plan for like two years and they get all of this funding that they can put towards services. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a family friend that was on it and they, their carer had asked, you know, is there any chance that you might be able to help her? And I started working with her. And I started to learn about the NDIS and started to learn about disabilities. And then I moved towns, to follow a boy at the time, Uh, but then I moved towns and then I learned more about the NDIS and I had another referral for NDIS come through. And then another referral for NDIS to come through. And I never thought I'd work in disability, never. I had a friend who'd been in disability since we'd finished high school. And she always said, you should do it. You'll like it, you'll be really good at it. And I was like, nah, it's not for me. I don't want to, Um, I'm doing other things. And then the referrals just started coming in and I was just, you know, I wasn't doing what I thought I would be doing, I, but I was using all of the tools that I had learned, and I was doing a really good job. That's why the referrals were coming in. And it was a really big learning curve. I had no experience with disabilities. I didn't know what I was doing. I was very overwhelmed sometimes. I was like, I should not be here. <laughs> um, but any time that I had a client that I felt had needs more than I could care for, I had another worker with me at the time that did have the training. Um, and it turns out, you know, I started to really love it and I love the experience. And so my business really started to take off. And it went, it was, I was able to go full time in it. I didn't have to get a job when I moved here. I move a lot, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> I finished high school in 2010, I haven't lived anywhere more than 18 months since. So, you know, I move a lot. I've been a very curious, adventurous life. Um, but, so, and then the client started to come in, but the challenges weren't over, you know, it still was learning about marketing, learning about sales, a client might come in, but then they might stop and you still have to learn, you know, and then you have to learn the inside of business, how to do finances, how to do proper notes, how to do invoicing, all those sorts of things, how to, you know, i would never had an office job. I always worked in trades, hospitality, hairdressing, all that sort of stuff, Um outdoor activities so I would never had an office job so I didn't even know how to communicate with people in emails I didn't know I didn't know the language to use like I had to learn it all and it was you literally learn through trial and error you're like mm-hmm. oh I don't think I did that right okay how can I do that better next time or yeah. um you know things like that and and then, kind of as you go, you, it, just start, it just starts to become a little easier and it starts to flow a little better. And then you have a really terrible month and you're like, it's too much. I don't want to do it. And then the next month, you're like, I oh, love it. It's great. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, I don't want to be here. You know, it's so up and down. Um, and I really like, you know, I studied different business seminars. I've read so many business books. Like, I've hired coaches. I would not be where I am without hiring coaches. Coaches have been phenomenal for me. I mean, I think everyone trying to start a business, whatever, even if your finances aren't quite there, use what you can to hire a coach. And if you just see them once a month, like, just, you know, get a coach in there that have done what you want to do um, Mm -hmm. because they're going to be your guide. Or even, like, in Australia, you can go to the local government and they'll give you free business mentoring for a while. I did that as well. Um, So, yeah, you know, it's just, it really is, like, I think it's really important to follow kind of what comes to you. Like if mm-hmm. I had have stuck to my vision and my goals and the disability work in you I'd be like, no, it's not a part of my plan. That's not what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. You've got to follow what comes to you and you've got to follow, like just follow that curiosity. I'd be like, I love a challenge, so I love to be like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing here, so let's try and figure it out. Let's figure out what that challenge is, you know?
0: Yes, yeah, I, I. Oh my gosh, I'm loving everything you're saying because I think it's so yeah. true. It is a roller coaster. When you were saying like one month you love it, the next month you're like, "What am I doing? <laughs> Why am there I doing?" <laughs> I think I have a meltdown at least once a week. Not as much
1: anymore, but I definitely as like because it's a little past the startup phase at the moment. Oh, it's Probably yeah. more in business now. I'm start it like once a week. I'm like, I don't. What am I doing? I don't want to be here. What am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? I
0: don't know what I'm doing. I'm a fool. You're not alone. You're not alone. I know, like, the first few months it's all excitement and, like, you're like, yes. And then after, like, there's cricket sometimes or whatever experience you're having, it's like, what am I doing? Is this the right path? Yeah. All those things. But I know, like, I can totally relate because that's how I felt in the beginning. And then you have a sure. really, you're having a really good day. And
1: you're like, I'm all motivated. I'm going to do my vision. I'm going to do my goals. I'm, yeah. I've am i got all these plans. And then the next day, you're like, oh,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's important to stay consistent. And which you exactly. have. And you know, I love what you said, too, about like a lot of times we have this vision of what we think. And a lot of times, like if you are spiritual, the universe or a higher power, anything you're believing in really put something else in your path that's still on that road, but it looks different. So with working with individuals that were struggling with disabilities, that was not on your like big vision, but it yeah. started coming to you. I created that, you know, you have an idea of what you want to do in my
1: business. Yeah. Like, what I always wanted to do, what I thought was a dream job of like, I want to be one of those coaches that has to take people out in the community and like push them to build their confidence and stuff. And I get to do that with the people with the disabilities. Or like, we're spending outdoors a lot, or like, we're just working on these really cool, like, just little life skills. And it's yeah. such a rewarding job and it's so amazing. And then you know, and then on the side, I still do have private clients where I only the last couple of months have those ideal clients that I've always wanted to work with. The reason I built the business. So only in the last couple of months have they found me and be like, I want to work with you. And I had a new client come on board and she's literally going through the same journey as I was. Same symptoms, same response from doctors, you know same struggling she didn't quite go down the same path as I did it's learning the mind and the body and you know going that holistic approach but that's probably why she's come find me so then I can teach her those things and it's just you know it happens eventually it's just requires a lot of tears and a lot of wanting to give up and you know you've got to push through it because you've got to stick to your why why are you here why do you want to keep going why have you built this business what was your goals and your dreams Got to keep coming back to that
0: It goes back to the fire in the belly. That's like the why of like knowing I want this. This is what I'm going to do. It takes a lot, but it's also knowing that sometimes you have to pivot to get where you want. It's not saying you're giving up your dream or you fail. The only way you fail is if you give up. It's just a lesson learned, which it sounds like you've learned a lot of lessons, but I want to go back to, I know you have your ideal clients more so now. What has been a recent client success story that you could share with us or two that you would like to share?
1: I think it, it always comes back to my, my disability clients because they're great. I love working with them. And even, like, especially when I work with the one with autism, I relate to them so much. And there's no question if I'm on the spectrum because I'm like, I relate to you so much. Um, they, uh, they really just don't give, like, they don't fit in with social norms and, you know, it just makes you so much more comfortable to just be yourself. But some success, success stories is, say, like, um, one that I've really enjoyed lately is a client. I would prefer she has intellectual disabilities. So a lot of our work together is um, getting her to just do healthier habits. We're learning about meditation. We've done yoga a couple of times, usually, like walking. Um, and I also take her to equine therapy once a fortnight, mm-hmm. um, which is really great, beautiful therapy. I love it. Never knew anything about it. Um, but I also take, took her on a holiday um, not that long ago to the beach. You know, I really wanted to go on a holiday. And, you know, we'd be there and she'd be like we were out on a sea or and she'd look at me and she'd like, I've never done anything like this before. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this in my life. I didn't think I'd be able to do this. And that's so beautiful to me. It's so sweet. You're giving them these experiences that they've never had, um, which is really amazing. One of my favourite success stories of a client, actually the first MBI's client I had that I mentioned before, she has Asperger's and we're working on life skills, we're working on... Uh, giving her independence so she can learn to live independently without a home. She's still in a childhood home, and since working together, she's got a job. She's got her license. She's made friends. She went to Melbourne all by herself. Caught the train. Stayed in a hotel by herself. She went to Comic Con. She's into all that stuff. Um, you know, she's building friendships. She's got a much healthier relationship. To me, those are the success stories. Just the really simple things where they get the chance to live. normal life, just like the rest of us. Until I got into disability, I didn't realise how limited their lives were and how the opportunities are not there for them. Even when it does have these really great programs that do try and help them, opportunities aren't there for them. And you're able to give them these lives that, you know, that they never thought they could have or that they never have had these experiences or they always were told, oh, that's not possible for you. You're not able to do that. And I'm able to, be, like, because so I'm very much, as a coach, you' very taught, believe in the client more than they believe in themselves, and I really, truly do. And I'm like, no, yeah, we can do that. I think another success story, I've got a few. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I love <my> it. <laughs> one of my other disability clients, he was one of, uh, I think, only one of the first ones I watched as well. He has cerebral palsy, he lives in the wheelchair, and he also, um has intellectual disabilities. And my role with him was he was actually working with my business coach as well because she started um, a little business school for people with disabilities. And my role was to support him in that. So we're building a business for him and he made his own cookbook. So it was a whole journey because COVID really put a stop. He already had a cookbook, but COVID had really stopped the production on it, so I came in and kind of put everything into place. So we got the cookbook done and, you know, we got it printed and he was selling it and he was really loving that. And then his van broke down. So he has, a, has obviously a wheelchair accessible van and so he needed a new one and NDIS would only put in a ramp for his wheelchair which are valued about $10,000 if the van was a newer model otherwise they wouldn't be able to do it and the new van was going to cost $70,000. I actually think it was going to cost more so we were on a, we had to start a fundraiser and we had to raise money for him and you know him and I like. He has intellectual disabilities, so like you really have to prompt him on a lot of things, but he comes up with the ideas and he wants to make that He so loves being on the phone, he loves talking to people. So he's like, Let me do it, I'll do it. And like you have to prompt him on the phone a little bit, but he loves doing it. And we managed to raise $70,000 in nine months, and now he has his new van. And you know, we really got the community involved, especially even getting his cookbook done. We had to get sponsorships from local businesses, so we really had to hustle for that too. Um, And for me, that's a really beautiful success story. He's just gone on a holiday, just on the weekend, just gone to a town that was like two hours away. that He wouldn't have been able to do that before because he was relying on taxis and he wouldn't have been able to afford it. Um, I think he was spending like over $300 a week or something on because while his van was broken down. So like to me, even just giving him the freedom to be able to do that, now he can go to markets to sell his cookbook, you know, those sorts of things. Yeah. The things that I love to see where you just give them the opportunities that they haven't had or that people think, oh, that's just, you don't get that. That's not available to you.
0: Oh, I'm just like in all the feels like I am. It just shows the passion you have. You like light up talking about each client Yeah. and it's, it might be simple things to us, but like it is so imperative for them. And it is imperative just hearing the stories too. It doesn't seem like just a simple thing. It is mountains in their world, but they're able to conquer them and they have yeah. guiding them too. And I think that's so beautiful. And just hearing these stories, it just really brings like gratitude for everything we have in our lives and not to take things for granted either, mm-hmm. because somebody might not have that. But the fact that you're able to help them persevere in whatever they're doing, like getting a cookbook together, I mean, that takes work, yeah. that takes effort, but really being able to persevere and if you can think it, you can do it. And I think that's like yeah. the big message I'm hearing here too. And it's just being yeah. able to have that support in your corner. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for sharing all of those. I'm sure you have a million more. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but They're I, my favorite so <laughs> I can see why. Just hearing the little bits about them. I can definitely feel like they pull your heart straight. But looking at your journey thus far, what has been one of outside of the roadblocks a big lesson that you learned about yourself in this journey
1: i've learned that i i can accomplish a lot more than i thought um and i'm actually uh like a lack because I have two older sisters and a twin brother. And my twin brother, he was always very intelligent. So I was always, like, not the intelligent one. But I've learned as an adult, oh, I had just my own form of, my like, own type of intelligence. And when it comes to the mindset stuff, like, I'm actually really, really smart when it comes to it. And that's been really rewarding for me because, you know, I've always been the youngest and always just not the one, the one that's not quite there. Um, for me, so, you know, for me what I've learned is when I get really passionate about something which you can hear in my voice um, and excited, like, I can just pour over information for hours, even because when I went through high school I really struggled Um, and, like, and, you know, was never really much of a reader, but then since getting into personal development, like, I'm just going through so many personal development books. So, like, just the fact that I can retain knowledge and hold on to knowledge and, you know, also that I think very much that, like, you know, I'm a lot stronger than I thought I was and a lot more determined and I can accomplish a lot more than I thought I could, Um, just, like, you know, I just look back on what I've accomplished and like, you know, me five years ago would have been like in absolute awe because she was struggling so much and she just thought nothing was going to be possible anymore. I thought my life had been taken away from me in the sense of like I so, was so unwell and I didn't see a way out of it. Um, so, yeah, just the ability that when you set a goal and you keep yourself to it, even it takes a lot longer than you think it's going to take, that mm-hmm. you can get there.
0: Yeah. Uh well said you really look at all the things that you've overcome or been maybe told or said things to but like mm-hmm. maybe even actions that you used to take but really how you turn that around and really looked at like what mm-hmm. is the goal what do I want and really following that drive and passion mm-hmm. it's always been there but the fire was lit of okay yeah. something needs to change and with all the health issues that you had endured back then and I mean, continue, but at least you have more of a handle on it now and can really understand what's happening and being so in tune with that. To really be able to push through anything that does come up or take the rest when you need it, but really being able to identify that. And I think that's so key of just the lesson learned. You might not be intelligent in school or anything like that. I was like not mm-hmm. the straight A student. My sister and brother were definitely. As as psychology, psychology, I was good at psychology. Psychology has good at everything else. There's a common theme here. <laughs> <laughs> I get you, I get you. <laughs> no, but in reality, you know, I didn't do really well until my doctorate program, but I never liked to read either. And like, I think it's mm. just a message for others to hear when you're passionate about something, when something has interest, you're more likely to really pour, pour your energy into that Yeah, because you absolutely. find the passion there. You are interested in it versus things that Maybe you're not really interested in. I, I get yeah, it. You it I mean, I'm not dumb. I just wasn't interested. <laughs> <laughs> no one is dumb. You know, it's just our energy <laughs> to focus otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you could look back when you first started your business years ago, what are maybe two or three things that you wish you would have known that you know now?
1: I think something that I've really learned recently is um, to build it the way you want it to be, because when I was building my business, I very much wanted referrals from doctors because I wanted to work in chronic health. So, but I'm a very spiritual person. I'm very much into alternative health. Um, and but I built my business to appeal to doctors. So, I found when it was starting to go full time, it was giving me a lot of anxiety because it wasn't it wasn't true to me. And I felt like in even in my sessions, I felt like I was not I couldn't show up as my real self. I couldn't show up as that really spiritual person, as that really like, you know, angelic person. I felt like I had to be very like, this is science, this is the evidence, like, you know, let's keep this really strict kind of thing. So I think build the business to what you want um, and really stick to that. Get to know who you are. That's definitely one thing building. Being an entrepreneur teaches you, teaches you to get to know yourself. And also don't put so much pressure on yourself. <laughs> it doesn't have to happen tomorrow. You know, it's taken me a five, more than five years to get to this point and I've only, like, just broken six figures. Like, and, you know, but you look at the people online um, and, the, you know, it looks like they're doing it straight away that's it's happening but there's so much more that's going on in the background. they have been working on that for ages in the background. Um, so it doesn't, I probably need that advice still. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. I <laughs> still, like, I'm still like, it needs to be happening more. Um, but you don't put so much pressure on yourself, like, yeah. it needs to be fun if the business just feels like another job or it feels like you know you're kind of just trudging through that's not what you want what's the point of building that so mm-hmm. like keep it creative keep it fun keep it in alignment with what you love and just follow your passions and your desires and yeah. eventually something leads to, it leads to something else, and at least it's else and I and you know you're like ah. Oh, I'm working full time, like you know, and it's just so amazing to look back and be like, "Oh, I made it! I finally did it! Oh my god!" Um, and then yeah, and then it never stops; like, it just keeps going. And then there's the next level to accomplish. Like, okay, what can I do now? How can I go even further? And that's the fun part. But keep it to what you want and your desires, and not what everyone else tells you what you should be doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, no, I think that's so important because when if you are doing what other people are telling you, it's not going to be yours. It's gonna kind of make the creativity stale
1: love to tell you what you should be doing
0: people they've never even thought about starting a business
1: love to tell you what you should don't listen to them get your coach listen to your coach
0: (laughs) this is somebody in the industry but what you've been saying as well of you know when you want it to happen overnight, and it takes time and it takes effort, yeah. and it, it's it not is. an overnight success. Same
1: little things. What's that? Book, the compound effect. Where it talks about just one percent a day. It really is. It's one oh, yes. percent a day. That's all it is. And then yeah. eventually, it kind of comes together. And you're like, ah. Oh.
0: It, happens. it does. And I mean, the people that you see that have success, it's what does their network look like? Did they ha- tap into that? Did they start before they actually promote it? Like there's a lot of things that we might not know in the forefront, but that are happening behind the scenes that are not being shown, that are not being talked about. But recognizing too, everybody's at their own pace. And the mm-hmm. only way that you're not going to do well is if you just stop so keep
1: going exactly (laughs) and even if you have to get a job like I really did have to go and get a job for a moment because if you have to get a job that's fine I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves of like if it's not working like you know have to keep going but you need that financial stability otherwise you can't create your business because you're too stressed right Um, so I think even creating that balance and that stability for yourself is perfectly
0: okay I think so too and it's money is an energy it's a currency but it's a transaction. And once you have more of it in the sense of you're not worried about, okay, how am I going to pay rent? How am I going to pay this? Mm. A lot of entrepreneurs on the back end are doing part-time jobs or full-time jobs or doing things to make sure or driving Uber or Lyft or other factors to really make sure ends are being met. And I think, I mean, I did that in the beginning of my business as well. Like it's, there's no change around it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes people wear it as a badge of honor of like, well, I was able to change or everybody's story is different and I think that's so important so I'm glad you just brought that up as well because I think it's important to highlight um but I've been enjoying this conversation so much we're gonna jump into the rapid fire questions if you're ready for it okay I'm ready the first question is who is your hero
1: (laughs) so many heroes (laughs) um I think At the moment, someone who I really admire and really love is Peter Crow. I love following him. He's known as the mind architect and just the way, the way he can break things down for people. Like I love, he coaches the way I want to coach. Um, So I think I really love following him and listening to how he works with people. Inspiring individual.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And what motivates you to work smarter?
1: Because if I don't work smarter, then I can't help the people that I want to help. You right? know, so I can't have the impact that I want to have. It's really my biggest driver is the people, like the people that are struggling. They're my biggest driver. Yeah.
0: And if you were to have a superpower and be a superhero, what would be your power or powers?
1: The classic reading, being able to read people's minds, but I also love. I can't remember what the movie is called, but basically they can go back in time, and the the dad that's teaching him about it he go back back some time and reads books. I, I really want that one where I could just go back in time and I can just read a book or take a nap. You know, having that extra time would be so amazing. I would love that power.
0: I like that. You would learn yeah. a lot and get more time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd
1: go back in time and take a nap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. I believe it. Me too. Um so if you could share a meal with any four individuals, living or dead, who would they be?
1: Okay, so I've thought about this and Peter Crome, definitely on there, because I just find him so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Dr. Joe Dispenza because I love his work and what he's doing with people, and I would just quiz everything. <laughs> I think the classic Napoleon Hill because like his books are just so interesting. I really, really enjoy them. And um it's a toss-up probably between Renee Brown and Kristen Neff. Renee Brown is all about vulnerability and Shane. Kristen Neff is all about self Um, So a toss-up between those two ladies because they really love what they do as well what they're teaching people. We just pick all of their brains.
0: Yeah. No, that sounds like a phenomenal table. I want to come.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, um,
0: so what is the most daring thing you've ever done?
1: Moving overseas. Um, it was like... It was so, it was, even though, like, you know, it was really, interesting. I've been through some really terrible things and like, quite severe trauma, but move, making that commitment to move overseas was still one of the hardest things I had to do. So moving overseas and the visa to the UK, because it meant, it meant, like, you know, because from being unwell, I really, stability and having, you know, security was so important to regain my health. And then to like, you know, the fear of like, what if I get sick? What if I have a relapse? What if something like it was really, really difficult, but it was the best thing you've ever done. It's so amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you took the risk and I'm glad it worked out. And what is the phone app that you use the most?
1: My Google Calendar.
0: always <laughs> <laughs> the on there. It's <laughs> so <really> my life. <laughs> It's how we get things done right and, time, and uh, time I'd be lost and everything.
1: about it. I used to have so much resistance to have an electronic calendar,
0: but I'm like, oh what a fool. I would
1: have an electronic calendar over paper one any day now. Like it's so much easier.
0: Because things change so quickly sometimes or you have to add things yeah. in and if you don't have it in your calendar how do you remember if you don't have time to yeah. write it down. Yeah. It's a problem. But the solution is having a Google Calendar. <laughs> um what is the last book that you read or listened to
1: what is the last one I've always got a few on the go oh Michael Singer um The Untethered Soul but I, I had just before that I did his The Surrender Experiment and I really liked that one. Oh my god he's changed my life Michael Singer The Surrender Experiment and The Untethered
0: Soul he's great I loved him mm. I have not heard of that book but it sounds like a good one oh,
1: really really good it just teaches you to like you know, as much as we talked about having goals today, it teaches you, like, not to have personal preferences in life and basically just surrender and, like, just come back to meditation and just flow with life. And I've been implementing, you know, kind of what he teaches you. Like, oh, my God, I just feel so much better already. And it's just nice. <laughs> it's really, really nice.
0: Probably because I'm resistant to certain things. That's probably why I haven't heard of it. Got <laughs> <I love it. laughs> to learn me. that surrender. I know, I know. It's the hardest just... thing to learn. It really is. Working yeah. progress in certain areas, others are pretty good. I think especially when you're very
1: ambitious. You're like, surrender. No, I need to make this happen. It's
0: the stubbornness. Uh, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite way to spend a day off? If you aren't seeing clients, you aren't working on all the back end things that you have to work on, what are you doing?
1: Or oh, just chilling out. I love self-care. So, you know, maybe a bit of yoga. Maybe just have recently made a few months ago and I have a sunroom and that's my favourite place ever. Sitting in the sunroom is really nice. Um, and maybe some breath work or just like, just honestly just relaxing, even just not doing that personal development stuff, just giving myself some time to just relax and not work on things and not yeah. feel like I need to be doing something, just chilling out, maybe get out into nature, go for a walk, something like that. Mm-hmm. very very
0: nice important very important
1: self-care yes. is key. turning that brain off <laughs> your own business it's so hard you should, oh i could be doing this could be, i should be learning this and you like sometimes you're like no <laughs> stop we need to do nothing. Break. <laughs> stop listening to things <laughs> you, oh, i should listen to this podcast you're like all hey, right, put on some music give me some a break
0: yeah you know the wheels are always turning yeah. but magic happens isn't it when you stop it's true it's true so much creativity flows in that's why it's important yes <laughs> So, what is something an outsider wouldn't know about your industry?
1: Um, I think uh, actually, for this one, especially the coaching, coaching has a very bad reputation for being very salesy, um, Mm -hmm. and you know, a bit like I think honestly, like the coaches really do want to help. I mean, I'm sure there's some out there, but like they really do want to help. You know, they're like they're. They're very, very passionate about it and they really just, like, want to work with people. And I feel like I think in Australia coaching is still quite new and mm-hmm. I just feel like there's a lot of resistance. So I think if we come back to the disability, like I said, since working in disability, I didn't realise how limited their lives were. And even, like, when I was at the lifestyle medicine conference on the weekend, there was a bit of a conversation about um uh, people in wheelchairs like for fundraisers and stuff. And you could still tell in the conversation, there's still like there's an interesting tone of like, yeah, they're struggling, but like, do they really, like, do we really need to help them kind of thing? Just like that tone of like, why, why should we give to them kind of thing? And I think what people don't realize is their lives really are limited. Like they really don't have the same opportunities that we don't. And like I think even when I was doing the fundraiser with that client, like there was still a lot of people that would give you like a weird, just a really weird like why do they deserve it? you're like, Because they don't have the opportunities that we don't. They don't, like their life's not the same. It's so different. And, you know, and they they do have all the workers to help them. That's because they need it. Their life's still not the same. They still don't have the opportunities even when they have all of that support around them. So I think that's something that people don't realise about people with disabilities. It's like it's just not the same. It's really not. You can't compare it um mm-hmm. and they really do need all of the support that they can get to live a normal life like we do
0: yeah absolutely well i'm glad you're out there advocating and making a difference in so many lives and M- monique where can people find you hire you use your services we're going to link everything below but if you could let us know too
1: and so you can find me at www.ardwellwellness um or I'm on Facebook and Instagram the same. I do have a YouTube channel but there's no videos on it, except the guy in the wheelchair because <laughs> where am I making the thumbraise? He's like the only video on this. So mm-hmm. um uh and yeah, and that's about it for me. So Facebook and Instagram at Idle so it's green, um, and it's all about holistic health. So um yeah, and if they're on NDIS,
0: then they can find me on there too, and we can maybe have a chat about
1: how I can incorporate in their plan.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Monique, for coming on today, sharing all the ups and downs of your journey, but also how you're really making such a difference in so many people's lives. And that's what it's about. It started with you and making the difference in your life. And now you're doing the same for so many. And I know I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for having you on today and just sharing your message with us today. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from Monique today? What did you learn? I'm sure she would love to see that comment as well. And we'll see you on the next video.